Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast, your Sarah Z of NBA podcasts. Because like the work of Sarah Z, it's the meticulous little details that make her work and this podcast fucking great. That's right, I said it. Deal with it. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Burley, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is now Saturday night. Uh, I think it's October 5th. Recorded this episode last night with Michael Keith from the Fuzz NBA podcast. Byron James was not able to join us this week, so it's just the two of us. And we did our second half of the NBA upcoming season previews, the Eastern Conference teams that are going to get into the playoffs. That's that. Um I'm going to cut this short because we went really stupid long about a bunch of teams that are really bad, um, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. Um, so in the meantime, uh, ways to get in touch with the show, you can follow me at Joe Borelli on Twitter, and you can follow the Super, uh, Super Flight, sorry, at Super Flight Pod on Twitter, and you can email the show at the Super Flight Podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen, download, yada, 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 and listen to the show um, on soundcloud and stitcher and spotify and i think google play and a bunch of other places and i'm for some reason still have not been able to get the episodes up onto itunes again but i'm working on it so hang tight and stick in there with me they will be up soon all right anyway go follow michael and byron at the fuzz nba on twitter uh go download and listen to their show they're a riot they bring an australian sort of uh feel to the shows because they focus a lot on on Australian players, which is interesting. Like if you haven't thought much about Australian players in, in, you know, specifically they, they touch on that a lot because it's their home country. So I definitely run recommend checking their podcast out. They're hilarious. It's a lot of fun and they're super knowledgeable about the NBA. Um, anyway, as I said, this episode runs a little bit long, so I'm going to cut this short. No story for this week. And I will think of something to tell you about next week. In the meantime, After this brief musical interlude, we'll be right back. Just hit the record button. We can just get warmed up. We can start talking, say hi, I missed you, I love you, smooches, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been a long week without you, Joe. (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know how I got through it, my friend. I don't know how you got through it either. I don't know how anyone gets through a week without me. I I, Honestly, it's tough for you. Yeah. (laughs) Once you've got that Joe Borelli heater in your life, it's tough to just sort of go on without it. It's like crack, you know. Just can't. It's it's tough to put down. Um. Anyway, what were you saying? What are you What were you saying about missing me? Go on. <laughs> I was saying it's like. I tell you what. Yesterday, I had the first day in my like in my life as much as I can remember without a coffee. Oh. And. Man, I got such a ridiculous headache, headache and yep. withdrawal symptoms, dude. It it is terrible. I was pining for one this morning when I woke up. Man, caffeine withdrawal is no joke. I'm not kidding you. Like, I drink so much coffee, and this is I'm about to make an admission here that's really bad and stupid on my part. I drink so much coffee that my heart actually skips a beat on occasion. I get like I get really uh wired hyper and like my chest literally like flutters like i can feel my heart going like that um and then yeah whenever i uh take a day off of coffee which i try not to do splitting splitting headache it's really not good for you caffeine is actually a drug it's not you know i know people don't consider it that but it really is it's it's dangerous man i I really need to i tried to curtail it a bit a while ago i was down to one cup a day i would just have my one cup in the morning but 
I'm, I'm back up to like two or three a day. And, and the thing is like, I get up in the morning and I make espresso for my, my, um, my Bialetti. And it's just like, do you use a Bialetti? That just sounds way too Italian for me, man. <laughs> no, they're awesome. I just put some, I just put some coffee in a fucking plunger and just plunge Sploosh. it and drink it, mate. All right. Fair enough. Well, Bialetti is awesome. You should try one. They're, it's just such rich, beautiful coffee. Anyway. Michael Keith, how are you, my friend? Good, 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 good. Welcome back to the... This how are is, you? This is actually the first official Superflight podcast I've done in six months. I mean, we did last week with the three of us, with you and Byron, but that was your show. This one's mine. Um, we're going to do yeah. Eastern Conference playoff teams. Yeah, so should we just say Bucks, Sixes, and then um, just go get an early shower or what? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, man. I've, I've been trying to put together my Eastern Conference list all week, and it has just sucked. Like last week was a, it was an experiment in terror in a way that like there were there's so many good teams in the West. There's the the talent is so good, and I feel like I say this every year. And there's just like a like minor differences from team to team. Like you could see any number of those teams making it. Like 12, 12 of the eight teams legitimately have a shot to make it into the playoffs in the West. In the East. I was struggling to find two more good teams after the Sixers and the Bucks. Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's just a, a a dirge. Is a dirge a word? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it almost comes down to trying to figure out which teams are going to actively try and make the playoffs um, as opposed to sort of tanking in the well, East. Well, that's the thing, it, though. Because I think a lot... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't think many teams ha- actually have a legitimate chance of winning, so... Yeah, then it's sort of you have to sort of look at the personality of the teams and the history of the teams and which teams or which owners are more likely to sort of pull the pin. It's it's actually trying to figure out that more so than evaluating the talent and figuring out which team you think is the best or which team is going to place the highest. Yeah, so for me it was kind of difficult. I've basically assumed I've gone into it assuming that each team in my list are all going to actively try mm-hmm. for the whole year, mm-hmm. um, not blow it up per se. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to come so into anyway, play yeah. in one of the teams. Yeah, definitely. So By the where way, do you want to defi- start? Do you wanna- the definition of dirge is a lament for the dead, especially one forming part of a funeral rite. That's, I think that's apt. <laughs> you, you lost me at lament, and then you also lost me at apt. You'll hear it in the replay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to do it like we did last week and uh, sort of start off with our eighth pick and maybe just... It's up to See you. You are, you are the guest. I'm going to leave it to you. You can pick. Well, how do you want to do it? Well, I reckon let's do it the same way we did it last week. Right. Um, but let's just try not to double up on the teams. If, if if you know, if one of my, if you have someone at at eight that I've got at six, then we'll sort of chat about them. But then yes. we'll skip over them when it comes to me. Exactly. We don't six. we don't need to do an hour and a half podcast this week on the crappy yeah. list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, no, we might especially not when it comes to these bottom teams. No, we might circle back and talk about the teams that didn't make it in and whatever. But Michael, who do you have at number eight? Okay, at eight, I've got. The Detroit Pistons. Boom! Yes! <laughs> we are in lockstep already. <laughs> All right. Give Headlined me a- by your favorite player, Derek, Derek Rose. Oh, yes. Stand-up stand up person that he is. A lot of people say who, <laughs> a lot of people say he's misunderstood. I tend to disagree. But anyway, why do you have the oh, he's in the eighth? Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? He's uh, what? He's what? Oh, he's completely delusional. Yeah. He's completely delusional. Um, 
okay, so I think that they're um, just got enough talent to sort of scrape by, basically, which is what it's going to be. The eight seed in the East is potentially going to be a sub five hundred team. Oh, definitely. I absolutely have them. Um, so, did you? Let me ask you quick. Did you give them like a a rank where you think what your prediction is that they'll finish at? In terms of wins and yeah, losses. Yeah, in terms of wins, wins and losses. No, I haven't really gone. I haven't sort of gone that far down the rabbit hole, but. You know, I have. I think this. Sh- I think they'll get in around 30, 38 and forty four. To be honest with you, yeah, that's what I'd be expecting as well. I'd be expecting, yeah, just under five hundred mm-hmm. is. I think there could even be two teams under five hundred in the eight. To be honest, I agree. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the Pistons are good, but I think that the guys that they've got there aren't going to be tradable. Really, I mean, you could probably still trade Blake Griffin, but if you did that in your Detroit, I don't know. You've got nothing really left. Um, and Derek Rose is going to be pretty determined. And I think that they've got enough talent that they should just scrape out enough wins to sort of get the eight seed. I don't think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be swept in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got them at eight. And that's <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> I know. There's, this is sad. This is a, <laughs> this is a sad state of affairs. Honestly, by the time I got... To Detroit, I was like, I don't have anything to say about them. So they added Derrick Rose, but like we were saying, he's completely delusional. And sure, he helped the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves last year, and he had he had that what fifty point game the first of his career, and he went on a little bit of a run. But after they lost Tom Thibodeau, he just kind of disappeared again, right? He, I just don't think he's going to be that effective. I don't see him being an upgrade in any way, shape, or form. Um, well, let me see. Who did they upgrade him over? Wayne Ellington, uh, Ish Smith, Jose Calderon. Uh, I mean, they still have Wayne. Uh, do they still have Wayne Ellington? No, they they upgrade. Yeah, that's who they have. They now have Derek Rose instead of Wayne Ellington. Uh, I I just don't see it. But whatever. I mean, maybe he'll give them some. They got a couple of consistent. They got Markeith Morris. They, that's the thing. Um, they added Markeith Morris, who I you know I think is a solid backup. Uh, they added Christian Wood, who gives him a little bit of depth, even though Christian Wood is also apparently a a weirdo. Um, but they also <laughs> added Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier, I, I I like. I think he's secretly good. He's a really solid backup yeah. point guard. So I I think that's the, it's an upgrade from Ish Smith, um, and Reggie Jackson definitely needs somebody <laughs> behind him. So yeah, I, I think well, when you look at their roster, mm-hmm. it, it, to me it just looks like a roster that's going to make the playoffs. Um, it's filled with veterans that aren't really interested in tanking, um, and it's a city that you know kind of needs it right they, like yeah, i don't know much about it. detroit but i i get the i get the feeling like that that team it, you know playoff basketball would would be a pretty big thing down there so i don't think their owner is going to be looking to sort of tank yeah um not with not with that roster the thing is they they can't really make any moves with this roster anyway like you were saying nobody's going to take blake griffin's contract uh deandre jordan DeAndre Jordan, Andre Drummond. <laughs> Sorry, they could they could probably unload, but for what? I don't think they're going to get like top offers for him. And I think he's better off on that team than he would be if they traded for depth or something. You know. So my case for yeah. is that they'll be a better defensive team than say Chicago, because Chicago I have out of the playoffs. Even though I know they're everyone's darling team this year, um, I think Chicago is going to be like a high firepower team, but I just don't think they're going to be play any defense. So. I think they're going to be a deep, better defensive team than Chicago, and I actually believe in Dwayne Casey as a coach. I could see them climbing higher. The thing is, when we're talking about the the last six teams, like the like four through, or rather six through, uh, what is it? 
three, three, three through eight. I could see any of those teams jostling around. Like I could see them moving up and moving down. I think it's going to be sort of a free for all. And I don't think any of them are particularly good. Um, but like I said, you know, Tim Frazier is a, a minor upgrade from Ish. I love Ish, but like he's very limited. And Markeith Morris is a, a decent player. He's going to be able to rest Blake at, you know, at times. He'll be a decent backup when Blake sits on the bench. So that's, I think that's huge. My case against them, though, is just, it's always, it's Blake Griffin's health. You know, it's like yep. they, they, they win and lose as Blake stays and gets healthier or is not healthy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, even last year, I think they were, I mean, they wouldn't have beat the Bucks, but I think they would have at least been potentially taken a game off them if they had had Blake and if they were, if they were fully healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Blake played, but he was playing on one leg. Right. But like you say, he's one of those guys that every year, like when it gets to that time, stage of the year, he's playing on one leg. He's just an injury prone guy. I think, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to really see him at his absolute ceiling. I think we sort of saw glimpses of 2015. it. 2015. When he played for the, yeah, when he played for the Clippers and he was, you could have imagined, like if, if he could have stayed healthy and added that, you know, the the sort of stuff that he's added to his game as he's gone on, like the jump shot mm-hmm. and, you know, the more high IQ plays, I think, that he's developed as he's gone on, if he hadn't have lost all that athleticism with the knee injuries, but it is what it is. And unfortunately I think, yeah, Blake is that guy that's going to sort of take the Pistons to the eight seed yeah. in the East. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's it. I was going to say, and the thing about it too, is like Blake has to play such big minutes and he has to be such an integral part of that team for them to be any good. Because listen, what's, what's their depth? Like I like, I like Luke Kennard. Okay. But you know, I, I Luke Kennard, Thon Maker, Zaza, Svi Mikhailuk. Yeah, no. Kyrie Thomas could be good, but like I still think I mean, you know what? Actually, if Kyrie Thomas ends up being as good as people thought he might be. Oh, sorry, I'm not even looking at the right roster. Sorry. Christian Wood. They don't even <laughs> they still <laughs> but Thumbmaker and Steve. I, I just I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. They still have Tony Snell too, so yay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely ready to move on to seven. Yeah, I was going to say the good news for the Detroit Pistons, though, is that someone has to get the eighth seed. (laughs) Why not them? (laughs) All right, go ahead. Give me your seven. Okay, my seventh is the Orlando Magic. Dude, you are. Did you see my list? (laughs) Am I being a sheep again? Yeah. Oh no. We have the same. I think we have the same. You know, should we just call it the next one at the same time next time? We'll just like go one, two, three. Yeah, okay. why not? Give me your give me your case for Orlando Magic. Tell me why they're going to get the seventh seed. Why are they going to be better than Detroit? Well, I think they're going to be better than Detroit um, I th- because oh shit, <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. No. <laughs> Nobody does. Even no, look, Orlando doesn't the, have a good. Go ahead. The, the main thing about the Magic is, and they actually look. To be honest, I actually think they could even go higher, particularly if certain teams that we're going to talk about later blow it up. Mm-hmm. But They've got um, continued, uh, what's the word? They're, a continuation from last year is good. Like they're basically the same yeah. team. Uh, they're rolling out the same shit. Um, <laughs> and I thought their defense was really good at the end of last year. Uh, you know, it's pretty well publicized. After February, they sort of had the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a game off the Raptors in the playoff. I think that they'll be riding pretty high off that. And I actually do think, and you're not going to like this, or maybe you will, but I actually do think that Michael Fultz could actually play and actually could be all right this year. 
I think there's a chance. I mean, that's. I hope he does. I feel bad for the kid, man. Like I want. I rooted for him when he was in Philly. There's no reason that I wouldn't root for him now. It's just that, like you know, he hadn't. I mean, I don't want to make this podcast about Mark Fultz. I really don't. But some unfortunate things happened to him. We don't still really know what it was. I suspect it's a lot of mental uh, things. But I hope he does well. I mean, that's actually my case for him too. I was the first thing I said in in my rundown for them is like so they what they added this offseason was Mark Fultz and Alfred Camino. Uh, I think Alfred Camino is going to be a solid veteran backup, and I think that's going to be huge for them. Uh, just for Aminu in, in, like alone, I think they'll be a, a slightly better team than last year. Um, and he's also like good on both sides of the ball. He's not an offensive stalwart, but he's also not a slouch. He'll give you buckets if you re- really need them, but he's more of like you know a glue guy. Alfred Camino is definitely a glue guy, and he's decent on defense. So. Adding that veteran presence, somebody to back up like uh, Aaron Gordon when he sits. Because last year, who did they have? Not much. They- oh. <laughs> Wesley Awundu. Uh, well, the thing is, last year that Nikola Vucevic had a really good year, and I can't see any reason yeah, why he won't continue that. Um, Jonathan Isaac has shown glimpses glimpses of what he could become. Mm-hmm. I sort of, I feel like there's something. To that kid, I, I really do still believe in him. From what I've seen, Me like too. I haven't watched heaps of Magic basketball. I've got to be honest, but when I have watched them, I've seen stuff in Jonathan Isaac that I think, wow, this guy could be really good if he could just. Sort of, I guess consistency is what he what he needs yeah. because on defense he looks like an absolute menace. I agreed. I was um, really high on Jonathan. <clears throat> I was really high on Isaac coming out of college. It, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, lived up to expectations so far. But he averaged ten point six rebounds and assists last year. So it's not, not for nothing. By the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Real GM because with Real GM and and what's the other one I go to all the time? Uh, the only reason I know anything about basketball. So if you guys don't, if you don't follow <laughs> Basketball Reference on Real GM, you should. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Just looking at their roster. Marco Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac. Those four guys, uh, all four of them have potential to, you know, in varying degrees to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so say even if two of them take a leap this year, and especially especially Fultz, I think he's the key. Like if he, imagine if he comes in as that guy that we all projected out of college. I mean, that yeah. makes a huge difference, particularly to Orlando, because that's the one area that they're quite thin in is, you know, the point guard position. Everyone. What are you talking about? They have Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They've got all these sixes. He's ex-sixes. Yep. Every single team in the league has got a whole X-sixes. bunch of ex-sixes. Yeah, I know, right. Um, yeah, so I think that there's, a, to be honest, I think there's a case for them being higher than seven. I think seven's probably the lowest they could go. I, I, I really do. I tend to agree with you, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I will say this as well. So they upgraded at Markel Fultz. They upgraded with Alfred Camino. Um, the guys that they have, Terrence Ross balled out last year, 15 points, four rebounds, two assists. Mo Bamba, I think people really want to see something from him, and I do as well. Um, but like you're saying, Aaron Gordon was no slouch last year, 16.7 rebounds, four assists a game. Um, I think he, you know, we've been waiting for Aaron Gordon to break out for years now. This could be the year. Uh, maybe. If he does that and Jonathan Isaac step, steps forward a little bit, and they get something out of Mark Fultz. I could see this team being as high as like shit the three seed if if everything comes together for them. So I totally agree with you. We know yep. we know what Vucevic is going to give you. And you know, like you were saying last year, they ended up playing really good defense at the end of the season. They they 
learned how to play excellent team defense. Now they add Aminu. Jonathan Isaacs is Isaac is another year older. Uh, you know, DJ Augustine is great. I mean, he's not great. He's he's a serviceable point, serviceable point guard. But Markel Fultz, if he actually is healthy and can play and give you some reasonable, solid minutes, uh, that that kid has the potential to be excellent on both sides of the ball. They could be a really damn good defensive team, and they could surprise people with their offense as well. So I'm, it's again, it's like what we were talking about at the beginning, like all of the East teams, I could see them either getting really high or falling completely out of the playoffs. It's really hard to say because it's part in, in that the East has a lot of young players that can actually take a step this year. And, you know, they might outperform expectations or they just don't. And they're not as good as we think they are. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so all over the place with the East just this year, but really it's, it's lack of talent. So I don't know. Do you have anything else all to right. add? <clears throat> Um, not really. I mean, I think, yeah, I think I'd rather spend more time speaking about the teams up above, but yeah, yeah, look, I think, I think we've covered them pretty well. The one thing I will say about the magic though, in in the case that they don't make it is if Fultz actually doesn't, if he does fall apart and, you know, can't get out of his own head and he doesn't perform, they're still left with MCW as their backup point guard. That's not going to cut it. That's not great. I mean... They're still going to be a good, solid team other than that. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Who do you yeah. have at number six? You want to do it on three? <laughs> I'm sure this one's going to be different. No, you go first this time. All right. I have, at number six, I have the Miami Heat. Ooh, okay. I've got the Raptors at six. Ooh, all right. So do you want to talk about the Raptors? Go ahead. Yeah, well, obviously you've got the Raptors up higher. I'm assuming. So th- this is the big, this is the big thing. Are they going to trade everyone or are they not? I, mm-hmm. I don't think they are, but I still don't think they're going to be a top four team. And this is definitely going against the grain for me because usually I've always got the Raptors up quite high because of the home court advantage they have up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They just have always traditionally been a really good team at home, but I just don't think they're going to be able to overcome the loss of Kawhi and Danny Green. And they obviously they don't have DeMar DeRozan. They haven't had him for a while, but they've basically always had someone that scored most of their points coming off that wing, and they just don't have it this year. What about um, Pascal? Well, he's more of a power forward. He's not really a wing a wing player. And yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he could if he can handle uh that sort of load or that sort of responsibility, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just don't see where the points are coming from. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I still think they could be a solid team, and they could still, yeah, they could still push that top four. But I've actually, I'm actually a little bit higher on some of the teams above. So yeah, that's why I've sort of got the Raptors just sneaking in there at six. I think that's probably about a forty-two to forty-four win team, and that's probably about your six seed. All right. Well, let me give you why I have Miami in the sixth seed. So here's, you know, okay. so they they lost Jason Richardson, who's now on now on the Sixers, and they added Jimmy Butler. So for them, I would say that like I love Jason Richardson. I've been a huge fan of his. Like he's the one you player lo- on Miami. You love him. You love him so much that you that. Can I be <laughs> you honest him with Jason you, Jason Richardson, and not even Josh Richardson? But yeah, <laughs> is it, wait, is it Josh Richardson? No, it's Jason. What, is, what the fuck is his yeah. name? <laughs> you, you love him, so you should know. And now How he's I not know this? Holy shit. Sorry. So Josh. <laughs> Josh, Jason, it's all the oh, same shit. Oh, good God. Well, they did have Jason Richardson, I'm just saying. Yeah. Holy shit. I even spelled that out in my rundown. What am I doing? Oh, uh, good God. So anyway, 
Josh Richardson. I'm an idiot. I've been a big fan of Josh. I was a fan of both of them, to be honest with you. But, oh, God. So, can I can I edit that part out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's up to you. I should leave it in, just so everyone knows what an idiot I am. Josh Richardson. I was gonna say that I've been a. I really was a fan of his while he was on Miami. Like I I coveted him. I kept thinking, man, if they could just get him on on Philly, it would be amazing. When they traded Jimmy Butler, and I, you know, when we found out they were getting rid of Butler and adding Josh Richardson, I was elated. I was like. This is awesome. He's younger. He has a he's a really good defensive player. He's not the offensive scorer that Jimmy Butler is. I mean, he's not the player that he is, but he's only 26 year, years old and Jimmy Butler is 30. Um so I was not unhappy about that that trade. But here's here's my case for. Um you know, Jimmy Butler now has his own team. Um and he's going to be on a mission to prove that he's an elite player. I mean, everyone knows he's an elite player, but he's going to be on a mission to show everyone that like he can do this shit himself with a bunch of also rans right he's gonna be way more engaged on d we saw him last year with the sixers like he only played defense in the fourth quarter he coasted the rest of the time when he got to philly i was so pissed because i'm like they they got rid of robert covington who i fucking adore and who's one of the best wing players in the league and they and everyone was telling me like jimmy butler is gonna be an upgrade he's a better on ball defensive player Butler got to to Philly and like I did not see it. I was like, "What is going on, man? This guy's not even trying." And that's kind of what happened. We got that. He went for a whole. I think it was like ten games where he shot two three pointers. I don't know what what he was doing, but he was obviously not happy with his role in Philly. He's going to have his own damn team now. This is exactly what he wanted. I know he talked about he wants to win and that's all that's important to him, which I think is bullshit. He just wants to be the guy on his team. Fine. Go retire in Miami, Jimmy Butler. Bon voyage. Have fun. But I do think that Miami's going to be better this year than they were last year because Jimmy Butler, I mean, you know, as much as I sort of don't like him, he really is a number one guy on a team. So by virtue of that, they'll be better. Um, Also, they lost Hassan Whiteside. Go Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which I I think is addition by subtraction. Seeing that we're talking about the heat, so I've got the heat at four. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think they're going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do agree that you know Jimmy Butler, as much as he's a massive douchebag, yes, he is a really good, he is a really, really good, good basketball player. player. I know. Um, and but the the reason why I probably got them at four and not down at six is because I think they're going to make a trade. I think they're going to end up with Chris Kevin Love. Paul. Like oh. all Chris Paul. Oh, I didn't uh, even think about the so Kevin Love I, thing. But what do they give up yeah, for so Kevin Love? I don't. Do they have picks? That, so this is the thing. I'm not like a cap sheet guy, so it's hard for me to. The, the Heat still got some assets. They've still got some picks they could trade. They've got Justice Winslow is the main asset. But Kevin Love, yeah, I don't know. He might sort of not really be that expensive on the trade market. It's hard to say. Um, They've got heaps of salary. That's the main thing they've got. They've got lots of expiring salary. So getting so if a team like Cleveland wants to just get off the love money and take back uh, an asset, yeah, Winslow and um, Goran Dragic might be enough to get no, Kevin Love. No, not at all. And maybe a future and maybe a future pick. I don't think it's going to do it. I don't know. It depends on what it depends on what Cleveland really wants to do with their team this year. You know what I mean? But I still think yeah. if they're going to give up their best asset, that's the only thing they have. That's their only ace in the hole. They're going to want to get more than that. Possibly. But I think there's definitely a scenario where they 
you know, they end up improving their roster is basically what I'm what I'm getting at. And I think that Chris Paul would be a real needle mover, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, he's, he's another guy that you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think that if he ends up on the Miami Heat, they are going to be a problem. I really do. No, I would agree with that. I totally agree with that. Here's here's why I have, like, I, I flirted with having Miami up at four as well. Um, I even thought about, you know, three. I just don't think they're going to be that good. The the thing is, is their depth. And here's here's their starting lineup. It's 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 not great. I mean, Goran Dragic, I don't even know if he's going to, like, how long he's going to be there. I don't know if he's starting. But behind him is Daryl Macon. I, I don't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> you have Jimmy Butler and Dion Waiters. And by the way, I could totally see Butler and Waiters butting heads. And if that happens, that's going to be, well, it'll be Waiters' ticket out of Miami if he wants it. Uh, Justice Winslow, Winslow, who's, I had such high expectations for him and he just has not, you know, shown up as much as I thought he was. Mm. He's not bad and he's particularly better on the defensive end, but you know, he's not that exciting. Uh, Derek Jones is behind him. Who's good. Um, but again, not, not great. They have Kelly Olenek starting a power forward and moving on. And they have have Bam Adebayo at center now and Myers Leonard behind him. So I just, I Bam's good. Bam's good. Bam is good. And I think the thing is like with well, like I was saying before, I think with the the addition by subtraction of of Whiteside and then having Bam slide into that spot, I think right there they're going to be much improved. But I just, you know, the the team it's not really that inspiring and the depth behind them is not really anything to write home about. You they could you make haven't a move about sure. Tyler, Tyler Hero who I think is going to be like you know he's going to Tyler Hero is going to be that guy that everyone raves about, like the why didn't we draft him guy? I think. You um, think? Yeah, I think he will. He's you know he played really well in summer league, but it's not just that. He's the skill sets that he's got are going to translate into the NBA. And Jimmy Butler's kind of already taken him under his wing. He's kind of like the little, uh, you know, Jimmy's little bro mm-hmm. vibe. I think James Johnson is going to really thrive under a Jimmy Butler led team. Um, I think he could play good again. I think Justin Swizzlow could go to another level. Um, and yeah, look, Dion Waiters, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what you get. every year, like one year you get Dion Waiters the All Star, the next year you get Dion Waiters the bus. So, well, last year he was hurt all hard. season too. So it's not like we didn't get to see anything of him or very little. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, maybe I am over. I don't know. Over ranking them a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's true. Like the thing is, like I think the the thing about Miami right now is that like it's a team of young players who Jimmy Butler can mold in his image, right? So that would be more like what he did with the Bulls, I think. Well, he was young then too, but but I think that's what he wants, and I think he wants guys to play like him. He had everybody in the gym at three o'clock in the morning yesterday, apparently. So they're all going to be fucked up with their sleep schedules. But whatever, it's Jimmy Butler. <laughs> the one thing I will say about Jimmy is, did you see that? Did you see that somebody was giving him shit about not showing up for a, a fan signing thing? Did you see this on Twitter? Uh, I saw. I think I saw maybe his reaction saying he was in the shower and stuff like that. <laughs> and the that guy's like, and he's about? like, I can't take a shower. And the guy's like, No. And he's like, He's like, I can't wipe my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's already acting. He's already acting up a little bit, isn't he? Like he's not in a bad way yet. It was yet, funny. But it was funny. It's but... almost like, but I feel like Jimmy Butler has already come out of his best behavior shell that he was on in Philly, and I don't think he was on that because necessarily he wanted to stay in Philly. Right. But I think he, I think that 
period that he was in Philly, he needed to prove to the entire league that he was worth a four- or a five-year max deal. I think that was his last chance to really prove it. Yeah. So I think that Philly actually got the best behaviour, the quietest version of Jimmy Butler, at least as far as what got out into the media. There was a f- couple of things that seemed to slip out, but it all got pretty quickly tightened up. Um, and he seemed to be really buddy-buddy with um, Joel Embiid, and he still is. Yeah, apparently. And that's that's something that's pretty interesting as well. Like, we'll I think we'll get to that when we talk about Philly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like... I don't know, man. I'm I'm sort of a little bit worried for for Miami um, in that sense as well. It's like Jimmy Butler's. I think we're going to see the full blown version of who he is this year too. Yeah, it's true. The, um, it's, thing- it's just a matter of whether the guys in the team get behind him, and like you say, he can mold this team and or if they clash with him. But I actually, when I look at their roster, I don't see any personalities there that are going to sort of try to, apart from maybe Dion Waiters, mm-hmm. um, who are going to sort of get annoyed with him or clash with him. I think they're all going to fall in line. Um, the trade for Kevin Love, I think, would be awesome as well, more so than Chris Paul, just for a pure personality standpoint. I think Kevin Love would be perfect and he would get in line as well, and I think those guys would all love him there. Um, and he would also give them something that they need. Yeah. Particularly next to Bam Adebayo at centre, he'd be perfect. I, I I know that I'm sort of projecting almost like he's already on the team, which is probably yes. stupid for these projections. But <laughs> that's I'm that, just I'm that's just, why I've got them at four. All right, I'm just predicting based on what they actually have on the roster right now. But you go <laughs> any way you want; it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You're just not a dreamer like me. <laughs> I guess not. I'm so grounded. Uh, <laughs> I right. actually so have. So when we do get 42. up to that, we can. Yeah, we can skip. We can skip Miami for me when we get when we get right. there. I had him around forty two and forty two. I just like. So what about the what what about the Raptors? Because I've got them at sixes, which is where up to. It. I'm yeah. assuming you got them higher. Well, right? Let's not get there yet. Hold on. Um, so who do you have at five? <laughs> <laughs> okay, at five, I've got Boston. I've got the Celtics coming. Whoa, in at six. nice. All right, give give give. Can, you know what? You went last time. Let me give you my let me give you my number five, and I think this is a fair yeah. place to put them. I have Indiana at number five. Oh, so, I've got. I don't have Indiana making it. I've got Indiana. Really, Indiana. really. Yep. Wow. Again, like I said, like there's so many, te- like all these teams, they're just, they're so close in talent, man. Because you know the talent's not that great. Uh, it. They're. I think they're. You know. I don't even know what to say. Like, any of them can make <laughs> it in. Any of them can make it out. It's just going to be a jumble. So Indiana, I have at number five. I. They lost that young, but they had a Mac- Malcolm Brogdon. They added Jeremy Lamb, they added Justin Holiday, and they added TJ McConnell, who I love. Not to mention Goga Batiste, who's going to be fun. If you don't follow the Goga account on... I'm, I'm giving a shout-out um, to David Futernick here. But if you don't follow the Goga account, you should. It's it's him, and he does a, a parody Goga account. It's hilarious. Anyway, uh, the case for is that they're pretty deep. And once Oladipo comes back, if he comes back... Uh, they could be one of the best offensive teams in the East. Um, you add in the, you know, Brogdon is going to be good for them. He's going to be a, a really good upgrade from Collison. Although all, Collison's fine, but like I think Brogdon brings more size. I think he brings more defensive prowess. And, you know, he's he's good at shooting the ball in, in tight spots. And, you know, he's sort of a clutch shooter. Um, he's made some amazing plays in the playoffs that, you know, made shots that I couldn't believe went in and he's still, you know, he's not young, but he's, he's a young player. He's not old. Um, he doesn't have that many years experience on him, but he's, he's not a young player. So he's, 
he's sort of veterany ish. Anyways, I think I think Brogdon is a huge upgrade for them, and I think Aaron Holiday could potentially take a step this season. And I I'm high on Aaron Holiday. He could be just such a dynamic Aaron, offensive player. Um, they drafted Aaron him last Holiday. year. He was oh, yeah. he was their first round draft pick. He didn't okay, get much yeah, playing I time. Even... Yeah, I honestly have never heard of Aaron Holiday before. I thought you were talking about Justin Holiday for a second. Well, no, they have Justin Holiday yeah, too. No, you're they're brothers. About Aaron Holiday. Yeah, they're brothers. Are they really? Yeah. Well, Justin, Aaron, and and Drew—they're all brothers. But Aaron's the youngest one. He's, uh, okay. he's point guard, uh, and I think he's going to oh, be nice. nice. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying, but I, to me, there's just a really key element that's not in this team and that's what Victor Oladipo brings um obviously he's injured but that injury that he's got is pretty serious and no one really knows when he's coming back and even if he comes back yeah is he going to be the same right because Oladipo really relied on his athleticism in his first step and all that sort of stuff yeah he could shoot in that but even to create that space he sort of was just this little explosive little you know bulldog basically Mm -hmm. and if he comes back just a shell of himself, I'm really not seeing where their offense is going to come from, particularly because they lost Bogdanovich as well, which is where their offense came from last year. That's true. That is a um, huge loss for them. That you know they've brought in Brogdon and TJ Warren. Brogdon to me is like a nice piece that fits around other star players. Um, he's a he's a complementary type player that's just really solid on both ends. But if you're sort of relying on him to sort of create the offense or be the focal player, then I think you're in trouble. And then TJ Warren, I don't know, man, like he might be good. It's just one of those things. He's been in stuck at, was it Phoenix that he played it? Before, yeah. Well, yeah. Warren? He was in Phoenix for a while and then he got, did he get so it's, traded last it's year? Kinda, it's, um, I'm not, I don't, actually don't think so. I think he might've signed there as a free agent. I, but for me, TJ Warren, again, I just don't know. I, all I know is that when he was in Phoenix, he was inconsistent and he really wasn't that good. Sabonis and Miles Turner, I think that's their strength, that that sort of front court pairing. Mm-hmm. But even that has its question marks in terms of fit. Um, look, man, I'm just not that high on them. I I think that there's a few players with potential, like Justin Holiday and now Aaron Holiday. I have to go check him out. I've always liked Doug McDermott. I like TJ McConnell, but I'm just not seeing that player that's going to sort of get them a bucket, someone that they can rely on every night until Oladipo comes back. Um, yeah, and my bet is by the time he comes back, it'll be too late. Um, and you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of more, I'm thinking they're going to miss out. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. You know what? You're probably right. I don't know why I put him so high. I wasn't thinking properly. You know who I kept out instead? Who'd you keep out? <laughs> oh, guess. Take one guess. I bet you have him ranked about three. Uh, not Brooklyn. Mm, Brooklyn. You left them out. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You're right. We'll I do there. have we'll them there. ranked at three. I knew it. I knew it. You are such a Kyrie lover. I hate it. Oh my god. That's your home team. That's that's not good, man. I can't believe you got them out. Who is my home team? Yeah, I got him out. I got him out. I don't know. It's. Uh, I probably should have put him in. I'm going to regret this. All right. So um, let's. Re- did you give me your yeah, five? Let's just recap. So five. I've got. We've got Pistons at eight, Magic at seven. We both have Pistons at eight. We both yep. had Magic at seven. I had the Raptors. And then Miami and Toronto. Okay, and I had Raptors and Celtics. So so we're basically up to... um. Or what about... 
Yeah, let's go to four, and then so I've got my. Well, wait. You had Boston. You had Boston. I've got at five, Boston right? at five. Yeah, I, and I've got so I've got Miami at four. So who's your four seed? Oh, my four seed is Boston Celtics. Okay, so I've got them at five. So we can probably talk about these guys here. Yeah. So so really, that. we're you know we've both got them around the sort of the same spot in the four five matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think. I think Boston, I'm just worried about them defensively, really. I mean, Kemba and um, Ennis Kanner, that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be, a, a yeah, that's going to be trouble. <laughs> that really is going to be They're trouble. They're going to have to go up against Giannis and Joel Embiid, like, four times each this season. <sighs> They're going to get cooked. Yeah. Did you see this? Did you did you see this video, this, this tweet that somebody put online, this video of Ennis Kanter Trying to defend. Who I think was it was it? Taco it's, Fall. Um, I think it was Taco Fall, <laughs> and it's just yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. It's so bad. I'm like, oh man, Cantor, what are you doing? That's their starting center. I think there's a scenario where they potentially trade for a, a starting center, which which you know gets them, which would be great. Like if they had a really good center, like sure. say I, I have seen Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams floated out there. Yep. Um, that Man could too, I think too. that could change things, but what would they have to give up for Stephen Adams? That's the thing. They got a lot of young. I mean, I think players, don't they? Yeah, they do. I, I, I mean, do you think they would give up? Oh, what's his name? Jalen Brown for Stephen Adams? Because uh, Jalen Brown's on the last year of his contract. He's gonna he's gonna need a big contract next year, and I don't think they're gonna want to sign him to a max. He hasn't proven that he's worthy of it yet. I mean, I love Jalen Brown. I would take him on the Sixers in a heartbeat. But yeah, if you can if you can trade him, and I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City would do that because that's a whole lot of upside. Say Jalen Brown for a, get a pick back. I'm just I'm just trying to look up the Steve Steve ah, the Stephen Adams contract Steven, though because yeah. would but I think he's in, got like two or three more years left that, on his contract, and it's a really decent it's a decent contract if they get back okay. Stephen Adams. For Jalen Brown and a pick, I think they would do that in a heartbeat. Okay, so St- Stephen Adams is only under contract for two more years, so two it, more years, it would still. it would definitely get out of money if they traded Jalen Brown. If they didn't want to pay Jalen Brown, um, it would definitely sort of be a cost effective thing to do to take on two years of Stephen Adams because next year he's going to be expiring deal. Um, right, and they I, get, and they I have think, a kid in Grant Williams behind Jalen Brown that they're like their rookie J- Grant Williams. Everybody's pretty high on him. I wouldn't, I would not be shocked if they made that deal. Like let Grant Williams come in there and start and try and groom him and just see where they go from there. But go ahead. But okay, so the only problem with that is if you're doing that, you're really banking on Gordon Hayward sort of coming back to to form because. To me, when I look at Boston's roster, I see Jalen Brown as their starting three, and I see Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. as the as the real problem. I think he's the problem on the court. I think he's the problem off the court with the contracts as well. He he's just taking up such a big chunk of their money, um, mm-hmm. and he and he and it's not his fault. He got injured, but he no, just he just he doesn't injured. he just doesn't produce at that level. So I would probably try to offload Gordon Hayward for something. And then offload. That's, the thing is, yeah, that, that, that's great in theory if you're Boston, but who is going to take Gordon Hayward off you? Like you're going to have to give them. You're going to have to get. You're going to have to give up another asset to whomever you want to take his contract, because we don't. He we, he hasn't proven that he's actually capable of being the Gordon Hayward that they got two years ago in that trade from Utah. 
like or sign sorry not in a trade but signed as a free agent from Utah he hasn't proven that he's been able to do that he hasn't proven that he's going to be healthy and he doesn't he hasn't proven that he's going to be worth that contract so in order to get him off your team and somebody to take that contract I mean I, I suppose it's always possible but what about like Gordon Haywood and say um what's that young guard they got that young that young guard they got in the draft Carson Edwards? Yeah, Carson Edwards. What about Haywood and Carson Edwards for Stephen Adams? I mean, so, something he, like that. Carson Edwards is like the only backup point guard they have right now, really. Yeah, but he might I be mean, a little sweetener for... Um, but backup point guards are easier to come by, you know? They're easier, to, know. They're easier to come by than, than other positions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, but Carson Edwards actually shows some real potential, too. Like, Yeah, I, I know. Mean, but I think that's why you, you need to attach something for a Stephen Adams trade. But I think Jalen Brown would probably be too much. If I'm Boston, I'm not really prepared to give him up for that. I, But I do think... I do see a problem with their... The problem they had last year is the problem they're going to have this year. It's that they've got Gordon Haywood and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. All three of them effectively play the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them are really wanting to carve out the most usage on the team. Like that that, that lead be that lead wing. Well, I think they're definitely going to put the, the ball in Tatum and Kemba Walker's hands this year. But by the way, Tatum, I think, is more of a power forward than a small forward. But Yeah. You definitely got Howard, Horford, Hayward, and Jalen Brown playing the same position. I, I don't know. I, I yeah, see, I don't know. See, I think Boston fans will sort of argue that the loss, or the, not the loss of, but getting rid of Terry Rozier was will sort of free up a lot of that sort of wing time and some of that you know usage rate time. But Kemba Walker is a really, really high usage rate player. He's yeah. he's higher than Kyrie was. Um, so, and, and Ennis Kanner is a lot high, more high usage rate player than Al Horford was too. So you've, you're bringing in two really high usage rate guys, and I think you're going to be stuck with the same issues. So I think realistically that the, the biggest weakness is the inside defense. And mm-hmm. the biggest problem is they've just got too many guys that want the ball and that on the wing. So for me, the obvious thing is to try to get rid of Haywood and bring in someone like Steven Adams. I don't know how you do it, but that's... That's probably what I'd be going for if I was Boston. Well, all right. So I'll say the reason I have him at four, not higher, is because of the things we just talked about. Like I don't, I don't know how this team is going to work. I, I do think, uh, obviously, right off the bat, after losing Mind's Eye Kyrie, that <laughs> they're going to be better. Another addition by subtraction. Uh, they won't have to deal with all of his shenanigans. And I understand that the guy lost his grandfather, and he came up and talked about that publicly. And you know loss is something everybody has to deal with and i'm not making fun of him for that it affects everyone differently um Can but i, I kind say, of though, don't Kari i don't is buy so his much bullshit. better than Kari is so much better than kemba walker so much better he was so much better than i was like thomas of, before that too he was second team all nba last year he, yeah man i don't i'm not buying Kyrie. i'm not buying the Kyrie hype i'm sorry Kyrie's really good in end of game situations when the ball's in his hands like he makes some crazy circus shots but outside of that i am not impressed by Kyrie. never have been don't think i ever will be i mean there was a there, all right there was one point in time where i was sort of after they won the championship with him and lebron and cleveland i was like i know it may maybe Kyrie's better than i thought he was but then the next year he went out and proved that he's not so yes that's for a trade out. He's just a fucking he weirdo. Was okay, he's a weirdo. The year after that title, <sighs> he in 2017, that that Cavs team were like one of the best offensive teams in history. It, it was only that they came up against Kevin Durant on a 72-3 win team, whatever it was, that they didn't repeat. 
I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Kari. It's all right. The Kari, all of Kari's issues are off the court and team chemistry and stuff like that. I know, like but he brings those issues to the court. Also, he can't play a lick of defense. I mean, he can, but he just refuses to. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I think my I cut case, you off. My there. case for them not. Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't think they're. I was going to put them at three because everybody's super high on Boston because they're going to be a really good offensive team. Because I do like Kemba. He's a scoring machine and he's a better point guard than he gets credit for, but he cannot play defense. And yeah, you're right. There's going to be no defense at the point of attack and there's going to be no defense at the rim. And everything in between is just going to be, well, guys, can you clean up for those two guys? It's going to be hard. Um, I don't know. The case, the case for is Kemba. The case for is Kemba. And they're going to be more together without Kyrie. The case against is, you know, Cantor's your starting center, dude. <laughs> Cantor. Yeah. Is, I'm like, yes, they could make a trade later in the season. They could end up better than this. But right now, they have not great defense. I also think that, like, I love Jalen Brown, but he's going to have that contract and what they're going to do with them, what with him hanging over him and hanging over that team this year. I don't see it as be a huge distraction for him because I, I think, you know, Brad Stevens can really get this group to play together. I think he's a really good coach and, you know, he'll keep them playing hard. But I also think that Jason Tatum is just maybe slightly overrated. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like him coming out of college and I'm sticking to it. I don't care how good he gets. I don't care how many times he's going to be an all-star. I didn't think he was that great. I'm sticking to it. That's very um, Philadelphia fan of you, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got Boston at five. And I've got the Heat at four. Uh, that, you know, mainly because I think the Heat are more likely to make a trade, which is going to make them better than Boston. I'm sort of with you. I think that I think that the Celtics will eventually make a trade, but I think that they might not do it till the trade deadline, whereas I think the Heat mm-hmm. could make a trade early on. Um, yeah, like the real – if you take Cantor out of that lineup and you replace it with just your average center who can defend well, um, who can has got good hands or whatever, just like say just – just your average guy, then all of a sudden their whole roster looks so much better to me. And who's to say that they don't already have someone like that on the roster right now? Like, Ennis Can is the, the big name, but he's not re- like, he's known as like a backup player. So I don't think Brad Stevens would have trouble starting him on the bench or quickly putting him on the bench for, yeah. um, say, someone like Daniel Tyus. So who's their other, even Tucker Fall? I don't know. Anyone might be better than him starting in there at center. <laughs> I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> um, I honestly sure could see got, Taco Fall sure getting this got, start um, by midseason. I'm sure they've got one other young backup. Is it Robert Williams, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Robert Williams. He, that's right. I forgot all about him. See, they, they might have better options at center just straight off the bat than Ennis Canner. Because Ennis Canner's fine as like, like a backup, you know, like almost like a six-man. Like he's... A different type of role than your traditional six man, but he has mm-hmm. a similar impact. He he can come on and um, he can really sort of change the game. But like you like when you're making it, you're making a really positive case for a team that you have ranked lower than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I look. I think. And the other thing that's positive for Boston is that now they're sort of underdogs again. No one's calling them our sixty-seven win team. We're debating whether they're going to be fourth or fifth. Last year, it was just... They're going to be this dynasty going forward. And I think that suits suits Brad Stevens, and I think that suits their whole vibe. But the reason why I've got them below the heat, or just even fifth, or dropping off a little bit, is because they lost their two best players, and there's no way around that. Al Horford was such a huge loss. Um, You know, depending on... 
okay, like I could put it like this. Al Horford was their best defensive player and Kyrie was their best offensive player. And so they've sort of gotten a lot weaker on both ends. And even despite the chemistry will improve and all that sort of stuff, I just don't think that they're going to be better than they were um, all over. And, yeah, I just, you know. But, yeah, in saying that, they've got Marcus Smart still. They've got lots of pieces. They, they're going to be hard to beat every night. They're going to be a good team. They'll, they'll play hard. You know, I just want to say this, though. I, I, I just need to take a second to gloat here. For all of the draft picks and all of the, the accolades that, that Danny Ainge got about how great he is and he's stockpiling these assets and they're, they're just moving forward and they're going to build this juggernaut team in the East and two years ago we all thought they were going to be a dynasty. They got Gordon Hayward for all of that stuff. Gordon Hayward. Who got injured? They got, and now they've <laughs> lost Horford. And they lost, I'm just gonna say, for all the Boston fans who ragged on Philly about oh tanking and blah blah blah, and like Danny Ainge is the real the real genius. Suck it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> they signed Gould Hayward as a free agent too, so they didn't yeah. even use it. They didn't uh, even use anything look, to man, trade for him. Like, what are you going to do with all those draft picks now, motherfuckers? Anyway, there's some, yeah, there's some pretty <laughs> obvious clap back there. I mean that that trade that. They absolutely robbed Philly of that on that Markel Fultz deal. So true. I think it's um I think it's fine for Lakers fans to sort of uh, rip on Philly for this stuff. I mean, sort of rip on rip on Boston for this stuff. I think in the end, their young pieces did get them Anthony Davis. We get to see what comes of all that. They did sort of get LeBron James. Philly mm-hmm. haven't been able to, I mean, sorry, Philly, I keep saying Philly. Boston haven't been able to pull that big name free agent. The one big name free agent that free agent they pulled snapped his leg in the very first game, which sort of sucks. Which is which is not their problem. It was not their fault. Like nobody no. could have seen that coming. And I do have a degree of sympathy for them. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. a total but asshole. But I think coming coming from a Philly fan, I think it's best to just keep our mouth shut because yeah <laughs> because <laughs> you never know we're one joel and beat away from like uh, uh, you know injury away from like being right down at the it, bottom of the standings not just that but that trade if if philadelphia hadn't have made that trade say they had to just taken De'Aaron fox with their pick or mm-hmm. even the, even tatum instead of faults then they still would have had the lakers kings pick as well which didn't end up being that good but still that could have right. been franchise altering as well um yeah Philly have made well, some horrendous trades. Even getting rid of Landry Shamet last year was just so bad. They so they could use Landry Shamet so much right now. They could use him so much right now. I really hated that. I really hated that trade. I was ready to just be totally out on Elton Brand after that trade. But, you know, he did really good this offseason. By the way, the Markel Fultz thing was Brian Colangelo, and it's well documented that he just had to have his guy. Didn't care what the hell he was giving up. I'm so glad that he Twitter warred himself to death or Twittered himself to death <laughs> on this team. I could not be happier. It, I'm glad he was only there for two years because he would have destroyed this franchise. Anyway, moving on. All right. Who do you have? I know who you have at three. So tell me about why you have Brooklyn at three. Oh, I just think they're going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Listen, okay, look. I want to root for Brooklyn. I do because, like, like you said, they're not my hometown team, but like I've I've lived I've lived in you know. Brooklyn far longer than I actually lived in Philadelphia now. Although I did live outside of Philadelphia for most of my life. But um, I want to root for Brooklyn. It's just, dude, they have the two most annoying personalities in the league now on that team. They have Kyrie, who I just cannot stand. And and they have Kevin Durant, who I also just cannot stand. They play beautiful basketball, I will not deny. But can't they just do that and stop being annoying as fuck? That's all I'm asking. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <sighs> you can ask, but you will you will not receive. <laughs> Look, Brooklyn last year were um, solid, you know. They but they were different to what they're going to be this year, right? They were sort of this mm-hmm. up and coming team, lots of pieces that had sort of been you know put together like other people's trash, basically. Um, By the way, I'm about to go on another rant about like people saying, oh, everyone gives Brooklyn so much credit for building organically, building, taking other people's trash and taking bad contracts. You know who started that model? Sam fucking Hinky. So all you. All right. Let me. Just, <laughs> all right. Anyway, go on. <laughs> OK, the backcourt, oh. Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris, that's going to be solid. I, the thing about Kyrie is when he's first gets to a team like the first year in Boston, he was really good. He didn't act up. Um, mm-hmm. He played hard on defense. He bought into the team. It was only the second year that he started acting up the first year with the first two or three years with LeBron. He didn't act up. It was only towards the end that he started acting up. So I think that this year, particularly with Durant out and Kyrie's kind of going to be the clear alpha on the team. I think that you're going to really see the best of him. And that, on top of that, we've got a lot of people that are quite low on him, critical of him. I think he's really underrated right now, and I think that's a dangerous thing for the rest of the league because I, because I believe in his talent and and I sort of think we're going to see it this year. And like, hey, I could be wrong, but I, but I don't think I'm going to be. Um, can, you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's it feel like to be so wrong about Kyrie? All the time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've been wrong about him. I was I was the only one I was one of the only people I knew even after he said that he was going to re-sign with Boston saying oh, don't be surprised if he doesn't re-sign with Boston. Yeah. It, you know, he's a he's I a just wild... can't believe your love for him is just undying. It's just you are the only Kyrie stan I know of and it's <laughs> it's insane. Like why Kyrie? He's just so good. But anyway, he's not that good. <laughs> let me let me talk about the rest of the roster. I like Karis LeVert. I think that Yes. He was amazing in that playoff series against Philly. Even though Philly sort of dominated them in, in the end, it felt it felt like a kind of tight series, don't you think? Like it didn't Yeah. Karis uh, LeVert, game, I was a, I was worried he was actually going to go off and have a game cuz he was re- he was like you said he was really good in the playoffs. I've long been a believer in Karis LeVert when he was drafted and he was out that first season. I'm like, dude, if he comes back healthy at any point in his career, he could be really good. Uh and I'm yeah. right. So, so here's there. the thing, the <laughs> The thing about Brooklyn is they're really they've got a lot of guards and a lot of wings. They've got a lot of, like heaps of depth there. Um and they've got some, you know, forty eight minutes of solid big men. You got you you know, Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan. What they really don't have is a power forward. Uh they don't mm-hmm. really have like a an a good big stretch power forward. They've got um Lance uh, Thomas. Henry yeah. Allenson. Well, uh, here's no, the thing, got... Rodion's Curix, who's in I yeah, think that's who I was going to trying to think of. Curious. I think yeah. he's in legal trouble right now, so I don't. Oh, really? I wouldn't. Yeah, I think he's like. He played today. Did he? Yeah. All right. Well, but, maybe that'll uh, sort itself but, out. But but I'm not super high on him. But when Kevin Durant no. comes back, then they're going to be an absolute complete roster, which is just going sure. To be but you're talking about next year. You're, you know, that's Torian Prince Ken- as well. Torian Prince, I really like him. I think he's got a lot of upside still. Same. Um. Wilson Chandler, yeah, Garrett Temple. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Well, th- here, I do like David Nwaba. Here's here's the thing. They have 
they're starting DeAndre, Jenner, Jer, DeAndre Jordan at center over Jared Allen, which I think is just a boneheaded move. Well, we I don't, don't know, know that. We don't know that yet. Jared Allen yeah, started right. today. In the pre- it was only a preseason game, and it was only against some team from France or something. I don't know. But um, Jared Allen definitely started, and DeAndre came off the bench. So that's okay. to me, that's a positive sign. For sure. Um, I mean, they should be starting Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan. Listen, to be honest, this is a playoff team. I mean, they lost some depth from last year. They they lost Allen Crabb, which, I, you know, he was good. Um, I don't know how important he was to that team. Damari Carroll was good for them. Trevion Graham was good for them. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Jared Dudley were sort of like their raw guys. Well, Jared Dudley, we saw what he did in the playoffs with Philly. And then Ed Davis, they lost. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean... What were we yeah. gonna say? Look, we, we can definitely debate, but to me, they kept their core. The four guys that they kept, um, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and Spencer Dinwiddie, that's, that's to me, the, the core of the team. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell's gone, but you're bringing in Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's Ed the, Davis here's is the gone, thing, like, but you're bringing in DeAndre Jordan. The thing is, the guys you just mentioned are is a really small group of guys. They're going to be out on the perimeter shooting like crazy and they'll be able to get to the, to the rim at times and like, you know, be crafty with the ball, all that stuff. But when you're going up against like giant teams, like the Sixers or the, or the bucks and stuff, I I, I don't know, man. I, I just, the, the other yeah, thing is like, Joe, here's, here's just, the reason you just mentioned the two teams that I have above them, but yeah, right. think about everybody <laughs> else in the East, everybody else yeah, in the true. East is, they're going to carve the East up. Those, these young quick little guards. I, have them out of the playoffs and it was a struggle because they probably will make the playoffs. And maybe I'm a little, you know, maybe I'm a little hater right here. Maybe I'm drinking the haterade. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> I think I am too. But the thing is, I just think that like Kyrie is going to do his Kyrie again. I think that he's going to like try and be this leader on the team and just end up screwing up the wonderful chemistry that that team had last year. And I think with him and Kevin Durant there, who, you know, Kevin Durant's not even going to be playing, but he's, you know, look, the shit he said about Golden State after he left, like, he's just an unhappy guy who's looking for something that, like, I don't know what it is, but nothing is going to make him happy. The two of them are going to feed off each other and it's going to become this fucking monster. Have you ever worked with a group of people that, like, they, they have this little click in the office and they don't get along with everybody else, but they make everyone fucking miserable? I have. I know who those people are. It's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody succeeds because of them. That's why I have them out. Maybe I'm getting way too personally wrapped up in this. Anyway. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously personality-wise, there's concerns there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like these guys are young. And, oh, look, Kari doesn't have the best track record, rec- track record with young guys, but... <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know. You, you you might be right. I might be way too irrationally high on Kyrie, but I think that yeah, yeah. I'm sticking to my guns. You watch; they're going to be a All three right. seed. All right, three seed it is. So at three, I have Toronto. And here's the thing: I really struggled with having them out of the playoffs altogether because I do think there's huge potential for them to blow it up midseason if they start out faltering and like. You know, Pascal isn't the guy that they thought he could be, and he can't. He's not able to carry that offensive load, and you know, Kyle Lowry just takes a step back because he's getting older. I and you know they lost Danny Green, uh, and they lost Kawhi. That's huge losses for them. But I'll tell you this: they went seventeen and five in games last year without Kyrie. 
they were a good team without, or sorry, with Kyrie, without Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you got me on Kyrie. They were a good team without Kawhi. Um, and they added Mark Gasol, who's still, you know, he's still a really good player. He's he's aging, but he's he's still like, dude, what he did to Embiid last year, and granted, Embiid was not healthy when they played, except for that one game when he torched his ass. But like, he's a really good player. And they, they added Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who I think will, you know, be okay for them. I, I, I still think that they're a good team, and I think that they're going to be able to maintain the status quo Sort of. I don't think they're going to fall off all that much. I don't think they're a contender in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season, you know, Pascal Siakam is the reigning most improved player. And he could get better with the offense in his hands. Uh, OG Ananobi, I think, I still have high hopes for him. Van Vliet went off in the playoffs last year. We know he can be good. And I, I just think that they still have a deep, uh, a deep good team. Um, the, the bad thing is if they slow, start out slow, it's like they're definitely blowing it up, right? Because... Because they've wanted to blow it up for a couple of years now. Anyway, who's their GM? Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, you, you saw, <laughs> it's getting you saw late it, for me. You saw, uh, yeah, Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri has been well documented. It's like he's he's not afraid to blow it up. He's not afraid to take gambles and risks. And like he gambled on Kawhi, uh, and it paid off. But he's he's not afraid to blow it up. He's wanted to kind of do this, you know, make his own team to begin with. So the I have them at three thinking they're going to be a steady, good team. But I also think, like, every team behind them, they could completely follow the playoffs if things don't go right. They could trade. They could trade. Uh, what's his face? Oh, my God, I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> they could Help trade. me out. Point guard. They, well, oh, Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Lowry. Oh, they could trade they got, Kyle Lowry. They could Lowry. sell off a bunch of parts and just keep Siakam, you know? So Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Lowry, but look, honestly, I've got the Raps at six, but yeah, you're right. They could they could easily be a three seed. Um, they could even sort of be a one or a two seed if, if we're being honest. In a best case scenario, I don't um, know about that. <laughs> got, yeah, Gasol. But the thing for me is, I, I feel like motivation is going to be a little bit lower. Like it's almost feels like the Toronto Raptors has been this sort of thing that's been evolving and moving. And it's sort of crescendoed with that final series last year, and now I just feel like we're up for the we're ready for the big drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how motivated that bunch of veterans are going to be to sort of repeat like that. Do you know what I mean? I mean th- that would be amazing if they did. If they sort of were one of the best teams in the league again this year without Kawhi Leonard, I mean I'd have to start reevaluating where you're sort of putting guys like. Kyle Lowry and Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka in the league because, yeah, to me those guys are just really good solid role players that just played out of their skins uh, in yeah. June. Um, well, I and- think I think you said it though. I think they're gonna be motivated because they lost Ka- Kawhi. I, I think that's their whole motivation. Like they they're the championship. But they're the already champion. won. Don't disrespect they've- them. I know, but like they won with a different team. They won without. They won without Kawhi, and that's like what they want to prove. They can like. The, a lot of people felt that Kawhi was, I mean, we all know that Kawhi was the reason they won the championship. They couldn't have done it without him. They, but now they want to prove that they are still a damn good team. Like I said, 17 and five without him in the regular season, they carried that team during the season when he was sitting. And I think they just want to prove to people that like, Hey, yeah, we lost Danny green. We lost Kawhi. We lost the guy that's the finals MVP. And like, everyone knows is the reason we won the championship, but we're still damn good. 
Let let us show you. We still think we can compete. You sound you sound just like Tristan Thompson after LeBron James left. Yeah, well, the difference is that's, that's true. That's a good point. The Same. difference is they had the East still runs. Yeah, the runs difference is that that the, they didn't have a team. <laughs> like like <laughs> Toronto still has their their same team, just sans Kawhi. Really, you know. The Cavs didn't have a team when LeBron was there. That team should have never made it to the finals to begin with. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Look, the Raptors are, and they've, again, traditionally, they always have a good home record. And they've, you know, that's something that is when you were talking about, you know, where they're going to rank, you has got to factor that in. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm not saying they're going to drop off completely. I've still got them at six, but you've got them at three. I mean, what are we talking here? We're talking the difference between probably 44, 45 wins yeah. and 50, 50 to 51 wins. I mean, I actually think I have them at 49. Like, I think they're going to be around 49, yeah. 48, four, between 48 and 50. I think we'll get them a three seed. So, so, so I do think that we've sort of got them in, in realistically being similar to each other. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. Let's get. Yeah, we just got to wait and see. Let's get. Let's get to the top get, two. We everyone knows who the top two is in the East. Which which order do you have them in? Look, I've got the Sixers coming in second, and the Bucks uh, coming in first. You dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> How what dare you? Got? You are gonna you are gonna stand hard, aren't you? And you're gonna put the Sixers at Fuck first. Fuck yeah! Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Go, give me your reason why you think milwaukee is going to be first seed actually to be honest with you uh, i could see milwaukee dropping to three i'm not kidding you i'm i'm like i like milwaukee they have a really good team but i'll give you my reasons in a second give me why you have them at, fir- at first and number one look they i think giannis has giannis has got a whole nother level to go i, I really do that's crazy I, let me stop um, let me stop you right there i can't I, everybody keeps saying that Giannis has like another level to get to. Do you realize how many leaps this guy has made every single season he's been in the league? Like he was MVP last year. Where the fuck do you want him to go from there? Like how much better can he possibly get? And if he does, I mean, if he does get better, like he's going to be the greatest player of all time. I just, I can't see him taking another step this season, especially since he played all summer in in Greece. And like, it just... Dude, that's a lot of it's a lot of pressure to put on the guy. If you're banking all your hopes on this one guy to get you the number one seed and win the like, they didn't give him any help in the offseason. They they signed Kyle Korver, but and who's apparently taken Giannis under his wing to learn how to shoot the three. And maybe he does. Maybe he gets there. Maybe he really figures it out. And he's a danger. He's a danger. Like if he if he does add a legitimate shot consistently, then yeah, it might be over. But I'm sorry. Go on. I just I. It's crazy to me that think, you know, that people just do you know how many minutes like minutes per game Giannis played last year? It was like, it was like in 30. the low thirties. Yeah, but, I'm telling you, man. If they just let him off the leash, like to me, last year was his 2009 LeBron year. Do you know what I mean? Like it was that. Okay, this guy's arrived. Now let's see what we've really got. Mm-hmm. I, I I do genuinely think there's another level. I think if he ups his minutes by say five or six minutes per game and ups his usage rate. Um, and like you said, they've only added more shooting around him with guys like Corver, and obviously they they lost um, Brogdon, which lost? is Brogdon. huge. Yeah. Brogdon, it's it's you know it is what it is. It's it's he's a solid piece. They got between between Wes Matthews and Corver, they're going to try to fill that gap. Sure. Um, I think their defense might not be as good as it was last year, but I think that we could be in for a pretty historic year with Giannis. I think it's set up for him. 
the roster's perfect for him. Um, and it's just filled with guys that can space the floor. Yeah, I, I don't really see... I, I don't really see how they're not how they're going to drop games to some of these teams in the East. I, I just think they're going to win almost every other night. I really do. Right. Um, I mean, I, I would... There, there's not... The thing for me is, I think that Philly have got potentially a better team, and and Philly have probably got a better defensive team, definitely. Um, but when I look at the offense, especially in the regular season, especially with Coach Bud's system, and with Jonas with Janice running the show, I don't really see any inconsistencies there. I think they're going to be great every single game. Um, when I look at Philly. I can imagine them being in more close games and having to pull more close games out. Uh, and that's where I sort of get a little bit worried because I think defensively they're going to be really good, maybe even historically good. But where's that last ditch offense coming from? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that bailout offense. That's what that's the concern for, for me with Philly. And until we sort of see the first quarter of the season, we're not really going to know. There's a, there is a scenario where they sort of have that figured out um, if Brett Brown can sort of, I don't know, work some fucking miracle and <laughs> have something going on there. Well, Brett Brown's already talking about playing smash mouth offense and, and bully ball defense or vice versa. I'm not sure which way, which one is which. Maybe it's bully ball offense and smash mouth defense. I think that's right. I, I guess I guess the reason why I've got the, the bucks over the six is when it really comes down to if you want to boil it down to something simpler. It's just the consistency from last year and what yeah. we already know. We sort of already know what they're going to be like, whereas with Philly, there's some questions there that they could be even better than we expect or they might not be as good. So that's kind of where I'm at. Here's my thing about Milwaukee. Uh, I think they're going to be fucking good. I think the only team in the East that can give Philly a run for their money is going to be Milwaukee, legitimately. But they did lose Brogdon, which I think is... I mean, you can overrate him really easily, but I do think he was a very integral part of that team. I think he was really great. I think he was part of why that defense was so good. And I think he was able to make some really incredible shots in crunch time when it mattered. And I think he was a good release valve for, you know, for Giannis. I mean, obviously you have Kyle Korver there now and Wes Matthews and Wes Matthews is definitely a step down though. He's not bad. Um, and Kyle Korver is just like, he's a great three point shooter, but I think he's also a shell of his former self. And I don't think he can bring you, like, not that he was ever a stellar defensive player, but I think he doesn't even have, like, that much ability to stay in front of guys anymore. He's just getting old. He's an aging player. It's great that they added him. Um, I do think they're going to be really good. The, the thing is, like, so the one thing I'm thinking is, like, um, you know, the case against is that people were surprised last year by the new system under Bud. They didn't, you know, the year before they had Jason Kidd and, whoever else they cycled through there. And with Bud, we knew that he was going to be a good regular season coach. He did it with Atlanta for five years. And I, I just think that people are going to be able to game plan a little bit better against them. And I think all the focus is going to be on Giannis. No one could stop him last year. It stands to reason no one's going to be able to stop him again. And Giannis is truly a unique talent. If he adds that shooter to his game, it's pretty much fucking over for the rest of the league. I don't know if that'll ever translate into a championship, because you still need, even even Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen, right? Like, you still need the players around you. And I just don't see, like, the guys around him. I think I think it's a good team around him. Maybe I'm underrating them. Maybe I'm undervaluing them. Uh, I, but I think, honestly, people are relying, like I said, 
on on Giannis too much to take that next step. And as you were just talking about, if you're if you up his minutes, you increase his minutes, like play him like thirty seven or thirty eight minutes a game, you're gonna wear him down because he's the main offensive and defensive focus. And you're 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 risking having him injured. And if that happens, it's done. I mean, he's only twenty four though. You know, like it's it. That's he crazy. should be able to play those minutes. <laughs> yeah, he should he's, be. It's able. not like he's a. He's not like he's <coughs> you know heading towards thirty or anything like that. Um, yeah, and you the might other be thing right. With, uh, the thing worrying about their sort of their wing depth. I'm just looking at their roster now. Yeah, they have. They've still got guys like George Hill, Pat Connington, Sterling Brown, Divincenzo. I, I feel like yeah. Yeah, I feel like they're sort of going to... Realistically, I feel like they're going to come away with um, that without Brogdon being able to plug that hole pretty easily, to be honest. Uh, and I think that in the, I think in the playoffs, you're right. I think some of the concerns that, you've, that you speak of, you know, and we saw it last year, and that's going to be there again, for sure. Um, Giannis is going to have to sort of turn into like that. So he's going to be able to hit that outside shot, just like LeBron James had to do in 2010 to really take over the league properly mm-hmm. is that and once he sort of nailed that and yeah that is the next set for Giannis but I sort of feel like he's on his way there like at least he's given it a go and we saw signs of it last year and in the playoffs too yeah well let me give you my case for Philly because I have them at the number one seed I, I agree with what you said about who's going to be their shot taker that's that's my biggest worry that and someone else mentioned to me that people are just going to run get out and run on them because they're so big uh, I don't think that's going to be as much of a concern because they still have Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons on the wings. Um, Tobias Harris is committed to being a better defender this year, so we'll see. But <clears throat> I do worry about like the loss of Jimmy Butler and especially the loss of J.J. Redick. I mean, J.J. spaced the floor in the way that nobody else on this team is going to be able to do. But I have hopes that Josh Richardson is going to be able to fill some of that space and you know take some of that... Take some of that... Uh, Shooting power, I don't know. Open up the uh, open up the working <laughs> lanes for Embiid. I, I I just think that with like you mentioned, the the Sixers are going to be so big and they're going to be so good on defense. Potentially, I, I I listen. You got you got two guys now, possibly three guys that are Giannis stoppers and Embiid, Simmons, and Al Horford. I mean, again, nobody's going to be able to really stop him. But I think if you're throwing that three man lineup at at Giannis, I just you know it's it's I'll take those. Yeah, I'll take that odd. I'll take those odds. The Sixers definitely couldn't stop Giannis last year, even with Embiid. He still was Giannis. He was dropping like forty odd points every yeah. time we played him. Yep. But the Sixers were able to sort of put the clamps on the rest of the team, which I th- which I think is still the way they're going to go. They're going to basically cut off Giannis's options. That's what you got to do to beat the to beat the Bucks. And I think mm-hmm. the Sixers do have the defense to do that you're right I, I really do I think that I'm just worried about the other end with the Sixers it's the offense that I'm concerned about so let me just Same. ask you a question about that go ahead how do you see like where do you see the points coming from like that's what I'm look. I look at their roster and I just I mean I guess Tobias Harris has to be different and and better than he was last year well, the nice thing about Tobias Harris is that he's improved every season he's been in the league. And I think he was averaging 20 points a game last year, so that's that's good. Uh, Joel Embiid is really going to be their primary offensive focus, which is a little bit scary because he's your big man, and in today's NBA, you need shooters. 
Um, they're sort of going a little bit old school, but you know, let's not discount Ben Simmons. If I, I have no hope that he's going to hit a three this year, I have no hope that he's going to add an outside shot. But I think if he starts to take them and he shows confidence in taking them, it's going to open up the floor a little bit. I also just think that Ben Simmons is such a goddamn good player, and he. They knock his game so much because he can't shoot. He still does every other fucking thing on the court and stellarly. I mean, he does it stellarly. Is that a word? He does it really well. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, man. I I, I think it, you know they're gonna re, they're gonna be relying on shit. Mike Scott to come off the bench and Trey, Trey Burke. Burke maybe to give them some <laughs> points. I don't know. He, okay, and he, we'll see. I think I'm, that um when I look at their roster. When I when I and I when I found out they had signed Al Horford, I was pretty excited for Simmons because Al Horford at the five makes so much more sense for a Ben Simmons led team than Joel Embiid does. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what that meant, like what In I what way? figure that, um, just he's more willing to sort of stand on the elbow, um, and he can hit that shot, create the space. Also, Al Horford's just such a better passer than Joel Embiid. Um, he's not going to turn the ball over like Joel Embiid constantly does. Sure, um, you could see and, you and, could see them working a better two man game than you could see with Simmons and Embiid. Yeah, there, there's a, so, so to me when I look at when I think about their offense, I think of it in two ways. I think the starting lineup almost doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I feel like the starting lineup is kind of too. You could break that up into two or even three and have little groups of that starting lineup with bits and pieces scattered off their bench. Which could but be, I also be think really that's probably off- yeah, that's yeah, which part could be of the really strength too this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's what I think that's why I've still got them ranked two. And obviously, they could be the first, they could be the best team in the league. They could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- imagine a lineup with Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Al Horford. And I think about trying to defend that, and I'm like, fuck, that's going to be hard. Like, that team would play quick. It would play to all of the Simmons' strengths. Um, you could he could play in the post, and if they double him, he's good enough to pass it. How, like everyone's a good passer, everyone's a good shooter, um, and they could also play on the break. But then when once you add Joel Embiid in there, it really doesn't make a lot of sense for Simmons. I mean, the the best Joel Embiid lineups are probably something similar where you, similar where you bring in someone like Trey Burke and have mm-hmm. Ben Simmons on the bench. So I I can imagine sort of scenarios where basically you've got two different sort of versions of the team and that all makes sense and I think in the regular season they might blow a lot of teams out as well just purely just overwhelming them with size and talent and those different versatile lineups but when it comes down to the the, the really close games and you've got you want to have I mean what, what does Brett Brown do does he seriously sit Simmons he can't because Simmons is one of his best defenders yeah you can't um, sit Simmons now does he sit Embiid and he can't sit Embiid Embiid's their best player so but you they have, really don't work well together on offense. I don't, you know, people say that all the time, but I think they've been, if you look at their, their statistics while they're on the court together for the last three years, they're pretty fucking dominant. I know there's the, the, you know, there's the narrative that like, oh, they, because they do so much of the same thing and Ben Simmons doesn't space the floor. They're not a perfect fit, but I still think they're a far above average, you know, fit. Um, I don't know, man. I, I have, I have hopes that it'll work. So I don't know. Yeah, I should, I've got hopes should, too. Go ahead. Um, what do you think? What do you make? I've been wanting to ask you your take on this. Um, this the whole Simmons and Bead thing. There's been like 
every reporter seems to be asking them about their relationship off the court and stuff like that. And they've they've got their stock answer, which they keep breaking out. But I'm just reading between the lines here. I'm just thinking, this is weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little um, weird. <clears throat> and I mean, especially when you couple in what Jimmy Butler said today, what, what Joel Embiid said about Jimmy Butler, to me, mm-hmm. speaks volumes. So he, what he said was, I forgot, I don't have his exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, I really wish Jimmy was still on the team. When it come to the end of the game, he was, it was me and him, and I knew the ball was going to be in his, his hands, and he was someone that I could trust. Um, which, when you, <laughs> I mean, it's how tough. do you think Ben Simmons is feeling reading that? I think Ben um, Simmons is probably just trying not to think about it, maybe. Um, but maybe he's using it as motivation and trying to grow into that spot. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, if I was Ben Simmons, it would be hard, hard not to take it as a bit of a shot, but. The thing is, it's, it was also true. And yeah, you have to, they had, the Sixers had to part. Listen, I would have taken Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler 10 times out of 10. Like, if you're giving me a choice of who I'm signing, it's going to be Ben Simmons. He's younger. He has super high upside. He's just scratching the surface of what he's going to be. He's 24 years old, right? Uh, I think he's younger, but yeah. 23 years old, something like that. Yeah. He has all the room in the world to grow. And if he's this good already, is it already a two-time all-star? Like, come on, man. Butler is on his, he's on the way out. He's on his, you know, he's going to Miami to retire. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I get where Joe Allen Beat's coming from. And I understand that, like, I mean, listen, Jimmy Butler in ways is definitely going to be missed. He carried the offense at the end of games last year. And the problem is he didn't do anything the rest of the game. He just waited till the end of the game to do that shit. If he had fucking done that stuff during the regular, like during the rest of the game, he'd probably still be here. If he wasn't a malcontent and fucking tried to like, and screamed at his, at his head coach. I don't know. I think something to watch moving forward, maybe not this year. We might see, start to see signs of it this year, but I, I think that those, the relationship between Simmons and Embiid, um, and the way it develops on the court, because they reckon off the court, you know, they they just stick to themselves. They do their own yeah. thing. They're, di- they're different people. They don't people. have to be best friends. No, they, just they don't have, have to be. And, and that's the answer they've given, and uh, yeah. and that's fine. I wish but, they were. I think it would be great. I think there I, would be that chemistry and camaraderie that you look for in the court, but they don't have to be. Yeah. I, I, I really think that, Philly is kind of running out of people to blame. If if this doesn't go well this year, I mean, maybe Brett Brown gets fired. But Probably. It's not. It's not going to. It's not. We're not far off. Um, having to choose between the two because really, I'll tell you this. I'll okay. tell you this. If if they don't get to the finals this year and they don't make it next year, I could see a world where Ben Simmons does get traded and they try and bring back other pieces that fit better with Joel Embiid. But they're definitely keeping Joel Embiid. Yeah, so that's my gut feeling as well, that they would choose. And here's the thing, right? If you're going to choose Embiid over Simmons, I would have already traded Simmons, and I would have kept Jimmy Butler because I think that Embiid doesn't have... Uh, even though he's young, I don't think he has an extended prime. I think he's. I think by the time Embiid turns 30, 31, he's going to be old. Right, but Jimmy sense. Butler. By the time MB turns thirty, thirty-one, Jimmy Butler's already going to be retired. You see what I'm saying? Like the timeline just. But didn't I'm line saying, up. but I'm saying this year, right now, like if you could have flipped, what could you have got for Ben Simmons right now? Maybe you could get Bradley Beal. Maybe you could have got Anthony Davis. Maybe you could have got who knows what you could have got. I I think that 
if I'm Philly and I and I really believe in Embiid and I, uh, he's the guy, then I would have already traded Ben Simmons. But that's just me and that's my sort of take on it. But um, yeah, because they're trying to sort of piece this whole thing together and and make it all fit. But I don't think it's ever really fit. I think the best Ben Simmons has ever looked was that sort of twenty game stretch for the end of his rookie season when Embiid was injured with the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they won like seventeen games in a row. That that mm-hmm. and and also you look at what the Bucks have done with Giannis. I think if the Sixers were do to do something like that with Ben, I know that Ben's not as good as Giannis yet, but that's the kind of team that would suit him. But I think the the reason why they haven't done that to me is because they're still not hundred percent sure that Embiid just isn't going to break his back or his leg or it's going to be all over one day just quickly right. just like that, which sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think you keep them both around as long as you can. Anyway, Michael, we've gone on for an hour and 40 minutes. We should probably, well, it's probably an hour and 30 minutes. We've gone on for an hour and a half. We should probably wrap it. <laughs> we've talked an hour and a half about to. the shitty Eastern Conference. I'm going to have to cut like half of this podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, man, thank you for coming on this show. Uh, everyone can catch the Fuzz NBA podcast on what? iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that stuff? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why I'm sure not? you can. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> How do you yeah, not know? No, I don't know. I know. You, I know it's on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's about. But yeah, where else do you need to go for your for your podcast needs these days? It's true. YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> you need some sleep, Joe. <laughs> I do need some Cut sleep. Off, oh boy! All right, man. Thanks for coming on. It's been fun. I'll edit this up and I'll get it to you as soon as I can. No worries. Michael Keith of the Fuzz NBA Podcast, everybody. Go check out Michael and Byron, and that's going to do it for me for this week. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.